Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. So today I'm going to be speaking on first fruits. Thank you, Bobby. We finished 2022 strong. We really did. We finished well. We didn't finish limping, apologising, regretting. We finished strong. Having spent a year on what is disciple, eight months, nine months on what is discipleship. We started the year on that series of Abraham, blessed and highly favoured, and I've raised my hand was probably the central message in that. Then we went into eight, nine months of discipleship. What is discipleship? It's our, it's our relationship with God. It's our connection. It's our, it's our heart to be um, generous. It's our accountability. And it's our heart and soul, our desire, passion to share our faith. Then we had Christmas. Now we're into Daniel and we're going into a very powerful 2020. As we look ahead, there are things which are determined by God. And we want to know those and keep in step with those. Amen. God in His sovereignty has got this, that and the other planned. And that's wonderful. But there's a whole load of things which God says, if you want them, you can have them. If you believe for them, you can receive them. Because they're always there. And I strongly believe God's word to us for this next year, and it's starting, I'm starting to hear what other people are saying over the year, and it's sort of astoundingly um, you know, similar and, a, and, and in, in heartbeat, really, with what God's saying in other, in other great churches. And, but for us... It's 10 times greater, 10 times greater. Now, you know, I need to perhaps explain that just a little bit before we get into our first fruits because if you look back at the excellent spirit of Daniel, it says he was 10 times greater. Well, how the heck do you qualify some of that stuff? So it says in all matters that he tested them, they were 10 times greater. Does that mean everybody else answered a couple of questions and Daniel answered 20? Is that what it means? Or does it mean that, that, you know, he used to pray for five minutes, now he prays for 50 minutes? Is that what it means? Well, no, there are things in, in God's Word that, that really give you the emphasis that this is supernatural increase. This is not natural. This is God taking somebody to a whole new level. I'm not saying this time next year, we're gonna be eight, thousand adults. Hello? It's not what I'm saying. And I think sometimes we need to clarify some of this because otherwise we can get our, our brains too, too hooked up. In. But what I am believing is that we will grow supernaturally with the Spirit of God and I'll be able to stand there and say, yeah, this has been a 10 times greater year. Does that, does that make sense? Excellence, preeminence, overflowing. 
How do you quantify if the presence of God is 10 times greater than it was last year? How do you quantify that? By feeling? By, I don't know, by how long we worship? Does that make the worship 10 times greater? See, some things you can't quantify, but you can say supernatural growth in the glory of God, in the presence of God. How can you say you're 10 times more anointed today than you were last year? You can't, you can't put a number on it like that, but you can say supernatural growth. Does that, does that make sense? So some things are divinely ordained, sovereignly ordained, and God says this year, this season, this moment, this time. But there are other things which are, well, if you want it, you can have it. It's there. It's lifestyle. It's faith. It's things that have already been bought and paid for and we walk into it. You see, healing is not a promise. It's something you believe and receive that's already happened. Amen. Amen. And other things that the blood of Jesus was shed for. But as we walk into 2023, we're thankful for last year. We're entering 23 with vision, with expectation. We know we're blessed and highly favoured. That's not an arrogant thing. That's, that's as humble as you can get because you're saying it's no longer I who live. It's not about me. It's what He's done. Keep in step with Him. As we enter into 23, we can say devils back off. With the confidence we can say COVID, you're under our feet in Jesus' name. Depression, Back off. Oil of joy. Flood like never before. We can say lack and insufficiency. No longer my experience. I refuse it in Jesus' name. We can say struggling areas of your business. You can face it, you can declare the blessing of God, you can hear God, hear the Spirit of God and walk in the wisdom of God and see God take that business into whole new realms. Why? Because we're blessed. And we can walk in with a confidence. I absolutely know there was a, a time last Monday night at the prayer meeting where God clearly spoke to me and said, this is your time. I know we had it on the notes, but when I put it on the notes, I didn't realise it was such a word from God. And it was a kairos, there's a Greek word kairos, which means this is your ordained moment. And I wanna declare that out over the church, the kairos moment of God. For your life, for Citygate, for what God is doing. There's a faith release that is going on. Now, God said, when everything is shaking, in the middle of the shaking, He says, the gold is mine and the silver is mine. And in this place, I'm gonna release wholeness, the shalom, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken of God. I receive it. Get your catchers out today. 
receive it in Jesus' name. This is not a, a little teaching. This is like, boom, this is what is happening. and You can have it if you want it. So today I want to spend some time just in the closing time of this service that so we're all on the same page for what is going to happen on February the 5th this year, which is our first fruits offering. We were trying to sort of think about how last year's went because in the old days when we had one service, the service would just go on uh, until we'd finished. <laughs> but now we have two services. Last year, I don't think we could identify a, a dividing point. It just sort of people came and went through the two services as we anointed every person with oil, laid hands on every, everybody, prayed and prophesied over everybody. That's what we do in a first fruits offering. And we have, just, just so you understand the process, we have a dozen people up here and everybody who has prepared their hearts before God to honour God with their first fruits. Everybody, family by family, stewards do a brilliant job. It's amazing. We spend like an hour in worship and people come up. You know, there's no big message. There's one song at the beginning and we go straight into praying and prophesying and believing. We declare the power of the first fruits and people come up and they're, and they're put over to different people. And can I just say, it really doesn't matter who you get. I know you all want Sharon. I know you do, because every time I always hear, oh, oh, she was amazing. She was amazing. And what she said over my life. <laughs> All you floaters. <laughs> I hear it all, you know, all through the year. Oh, I had a great, that, that word's come to pass that I gave over that person from Sharon. It's great. But can I just say, it doesn't matter who you get. Because we're all praying. We're all believing God and God is receiving the offering, not just a bucket. Amen? Amen? Now, first fruits, let's get into this. When God in he, is in His rightful place, everything else falls into place in your life. When God is in His rightful place, everything else falls into place. And there's something about first fruits which is really powerful. It's something we've been doing for a long, long time here, but it's been in the Bible for thousands of years. You see, a first fruit offering is all about putting God first. And that word first in Hebrew means first in time and first in priority. So it's not just the first thing you do, it's the most important thing that you do. And first is really key in the Bible. Lots of firsts in the Bible. You see, there's a divine partnership between God and man. God does not work independently of man. He works with man. So how we think, how we act, how we pray, how we worship, how we give, how we share our faith enables God to do what God wants to do. It doesn't empower God. God's already all powerful. It doesn't make God want to do something anymore. God already wants to do everything. But what it does is it establishes that divine partnership. 
we lay hands on the sick, God heals them. We don't just pray for people, we meet their needs. That's what the Bible tells us to do. So what we do, how we live, how we prioritise the kingdom of God is absolutely, absolutely fundamental. Seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will be given unto you. All the things the Gentiles seek. So don't seek the things the Gentiles seek, seek God and all the things they're seeking become yours. Come on, amen. Right. See, God has already blessed us, but there still needs to be a partnership. We're already blessed, but we still need to walk in the blessing. God's already healed, but we still need to receive. God's already died. Jesus has already died for everybody, but we need to share our faith. And God has already prospered, but we still need to be generous. Can you, can you hear that? Partnership all the way through the Bible. There is a first principle in the Bible. First in time and first in priority. And this has to do with a word that is at the heart of what our first fruits is about. It's not a building offering. It's not a, an offering towards the vision. It's just purely and simply an offering to thank and honour God. This is why it's not about an amount. It's not about a target to reach. It's not about a, how much is coming in. That's not what that's about. There are other things that happen in the life of Citygate that are on that about offerings to, you know, for buildings or whatever it is. We haven't done our built to last for three years now actually, so time for that to come back. But, but for where we are, it's just, this is a thank you God for 2022. You are faithful, you are wonderful. You've shown yourself strong through every mountaintop, through every valley, through every situation. You've been with me. I just wanna honour you and say thank you thank you, and then I want to honour you for what you are going to do this year. It's an honouring attitude. We honour God. And that has to do with that word first. You see, if you honour something, then they are first. They're first. You're putting them in a position of first in your life. The Bible says so many things about, about this word first. It says, don't lose your first love. Your what love? Your First love, it says return and do the first works. See, first is really important to God. What else is there? I've already quoted it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't seek second or third or fourth or when I've got a bit of time. Seek first because first is saying, I honour God first. Amen. What else is there? When there's an issue and there was the strong man's house, if you remember that, um, or, the, or there was the man's house and then there was this, this enemy came in and started to want to take over a parable in the Bible, a situation in the Bible, and this enemy wanted to come in and we can apply that to situations. And so often it's the last thought or it's an afterthought about, oh, perhaps I should pray now. No, the Bible says, first bind the strong man. First, everybody say first. First, first bind the strong man. First do it. It's a first thought. It's the first thing that comes to our mind. 
Prayer is not an afterthought, it's a first thought. Love and the love of God is not an afterthought. It's our first reaction is to love. What would Jesus do? Our first thought is what would Jesus do? Do the first works. What else? You know, the Bible says if you see a speck in somebody else's eye. And how many of you know, we've all got them. We've all got them. What does it say? First, take the log out of your own eye. Then you'll see clearly to help somebody else. It didn't say that we're not to help each other, but it's first, take the log out of your own eye. So don't be judgmental. First, can you see the firsts in the Bible? So many firsts. What else is there? If you bring an offering, now I know we do it all online now, but if you bring an offering... It says, if you know you have something against anybody else, or if you know they have something against you. So that's pretty all-inclusive. First, go and be reconciled to your brother. Now, that's talking about people in the body of Christ, not just anybody. Your family. First, be reconciled. Then, bring your offering. These things are really important. There's a first in the Bible. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I've got verses for all of this, but on the first day of the week, they brought their offering. The first day of the week. Why? Because it's, it's emphasizing there, this is something that is a priority in our lives. So let's think about first fruits. First fruits, it was in the Bible there are two different things. Well, there's a number of different things. There's tithing and then there's first fruits. Very different. People say, oh, tithes and first fruits, same thing. They are not the same thing. They are completely different. A tithe is 10%. That's what the word means. 10% of your income. As a farmer, it will be 10% of your harvest. Let's think Bible days, yeah? 10% of your harvest. You cannot give 10% at the beginning of the harvest because you don't know how much harvest you're going to have. You with me? So you get in all of your harvest, then you say, okay, it's, it's, it's three barnfuls. So I know 10% of that is a third, is, is 10% of that. That's what it is. Let's make it easier. And I'm flipping good at maths. I don't know what's going on here. I mean, it's my, it, it's, it's my strength is maths. And anyway, let's say 10 barns came in. <laughs> 10 barns came in. That means one barn is my tithe. Easy. <laughs> it's easy. People say, how much is my tithe? It's 10% of your income. It's what it is. I mean, I saw this, this thing on a church thing. We tithe 5% in this church. And it's like, what? You 10%, 5%. It just doesn't add. No, a tithe means 10%. It's 10%. So that's what it means. Now, that is not your first fruit. Your first fruit as a farmer is when your first crops come up. They start growing and they reach maturity, you quickly grab your scythe, you go out there, you slice a lot of them off and you run to the temple and you go, God, thank you. In expectation 
of a mighty harvest this year in expectation and to determine the rest of the harvest at the very start. The first thing you see, there it is. The first one's growing. Quick, grab it and give it to God. Then I know the blessing of God is on all the stuff that hasn't grown yet. Hello, you with me? You see, if you're, let's say, a beef farmer and you, your tithe will be 10% of the calves born. You with me? 10%. So let's say you have 100. Hey. 100 calves born. What is your tithe? 10. But you don't know how many are going to be born that year. So the first 10 you don't give to God because you don't know you're going to get 100. Are you with me? I'm just trying to make it really simple. But the first one that's born, you take, you give it to God, and then you're declaring everything this year is blessed. Because I'm honouring you with this calf. Now, any, any cow farmers in the house? No? Any wheat farmers? Okay. So how does it apply to us today? Well, if you're self-employed, you don't know what your profit's gonna be or your increase for the year. You don't know. And when I was self-employed, I used to give an amount that every month that was around what I thought my tithe would be. And then in the last month, it will balance up or down. You with me? Because then I knew what I had for the year. But my first fruit was my first income. Not the whole of it, but I'm just saying from my first income. We're employed. A lot of us here would be employed. I'm just making this really simple. A lot of us here would be employed and you get a salary at the end of every month. So you know what your tithe is because that's that and that's fine. That's between you and God. But your first fruit is also out of my first salary this year, God, I'm gonna honour you. There's a whole lot of people believing God for new jobs up there. There's a whole lot of people believing God for increase and for, and for promotion. Can I advise, honour God with your first? Hello? Honour God with your first. I'm believing God for a house. Well, honour God with your first this year and let's see what God's gonna do. You see, this is what the first fruit is all about. God loves first fruit offerings because it's saying, God, I am believing you for awesome things this year. And not just in a passive way, oh, let's see what God does. No, I'm releasing my faith. I want to encourage you with the prayer wall, even this year, I've been praying over this week and at the prayer meetings, and there's a whole load up there, which is wonderful. This is not a, a, a correction, it's just a comment. There's a whole load up there that sort of say things like, I want to be closer to God. Well, great, wonderful. Or um, I want to hear God's voice clearer. Wonderful. But you can't quantify that. How do you know if the end of the year you've achieved it or not? Well, am I closer because I'm a little bit closer or am I closer because I'm this much closer? I want to encourage you to put proper, not pro, uh, to put specific faith goals up there. Does that make sense? Now, you may not want to put all the information up there, but you might be believing God for a 25% pay rise. And that's what you're believing for. Hello? 
Now, you may not want to put your name up there, but if it's 25%, put it up there. Let's see God move. Otherwise, we don't know. For a pay rise, well, you might get a pound. Has it been fulfilled or has it not? Well, I'm a bit disappointed with that. Well, you should have specified it. Are you with me? Guys, we're into seeing God answer prayer and do what, doing what God, only God can do. So let's be specific about this. If it's a house, then okay, you might just on the prayer card put a house. But do you know what you're going for? Do you know? Do you know where? Do you know the amount you want to pay? Do you, do you understand that you might need another 20 grand for your deposit? Or is it just, well, I'm just leaving out? I don't know. No, come on, let's put some faith goals and faith targets out there. Are you with me today? Let's be really specific. Oh, I could really go on about that, but I'll, not now. So, God loves first fruits offerings. There are three sorts of, well, there's, there's seven sorts of offerings, but for today, there's tithe, there's offerings, and there's first fruit offerings. Your tithe is just your general 10%, the monthly thing. We're honouring God, and that really is your covenant connector. I'm about halfway down my notes now. Um, that's our... Our tithe is our covenant connector. That is the tithe and Abraham determined the fact that Abram was now possessor of heaven and earth. And it's really important that we understand tithing is still New Testament. Jesus Christ, who is the high priest, our high priest standing at the right hand of the Father, he still receives the tithe. Bible tells us he does. And that's a very powerful thing. It determines God's, it enables and determines what God is able to fulfill in our lives as we move forwards in the area of covenant promise. Very, very powerful. Perhaps for us today, I don't know, perhaps this is a time to realign our priorities this year and put God first in that area. And you will position yourself for connection with God in the most amazing way. What's the second thing with that? Offerings, general offerings. I mean, we give to all sorts of things and you give to all sorts of things. You give to the poor, you give to the church, you give to the vision, you give to the, I don't know, to this charity and that charity you give when there's a disaster around the world. We give, but it's this heart of saying, God, I'm, I'm offering to you and I'm offering into situations out of faith and this is good seed, hallelujah, into good ground. And I'm believing God for a harvest. What does normal offerings do? They position ourselves for harvest. And harvest is how God operates. But then thirdly, there's our first fruit offering, which is honouring God first at the beginning of the harvest, the beginning of the year. So I've said all of that, and I know it's been a little bit sort of, you know, clinical, because we've got so many people in the church who have never been part of what we call a first fruit offering before. And what does first fruits do? First fruits positions you for breakthrough. There is something about a first fruit offering which, which establishes God's God's greatest, God's power, God's best, God's blessing. 
the fullness of what God wants to do. See, Abel's offering in the Old Testament was the first thing he did. He said the first of the flock, the first, it was a first thought. Cain's was an afterthought. The Bible says he gave at the end of the harvest and God didn't receive it. You see, people who have this end of the harvest mentality, I'm not talking about tithes, but this, this sort of, oh well, if I've got anything left, I'll, I'll throw something in. Really have got that same mentality as Cain. Oh, well, let's see what's left after I've, after I've done this and I've done that and we've had our, every, we've got to have a date night, you know, every week and we've got to go to a restaurant and then, and then yeah, well, we've got to have that holiday every year and you know what, we've got to buy that car and we must have a new car every three years and then at the end of all of that, what's left? Hello? Is this all right? I'm, I'm being a little bit straight here today. It's like, it's got an afterthought and the kingdom of God an afterthought, or is it like, no, I'm gonna set a goal, I'm gonna set a target. There are goals and targets, I believe, that are good to set on how generous we are. I was really challenged by that some time ago by somebody that, that said, okay, what's your goal for giving this year? And it's like, wow, I've never set a goal for giving before. So many times God broke through in the most amazing way in offering time. Solomon gave a thousand offerings. This is on top of what all the priests did. He gave a thousand offerings. I don't know if that was a thousand sheep or if that was some sheep and some, and some, some goats, I don't know, and some, and some flour or some, I don't know what he gave, but he gave, a, oh, it says burnt offerings, but what he burnt, he gave a thousand burnt offerings. No wonder God turned up. See, God turns up, God moves for where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. Luke 16, Jesus himself said this, give and you will be trusted with true riches. What is true riches? Well, in that context, it's the presence and the glory of God. My honouring God first determines the presence and the anointing of God upon my life. Now, we've had that as a principle for many years. I can have someone lay hands on me. I've been laid hands on by all sorts of wonderful people. A lot of them you'd know. But the anointing is not just something that's thrown around by a ministry. Hello? The anointing is something that you're passionate and hungry for and there's, uh, and there's some sacrifice that goes on and there's some seeking God that goes on. It's not just, oh, well, you know, somebody lay hands on me. I'm anointed now. No, it's like, come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my life into this. People pay a price for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and it's like, God, I want more of your presence upon my life. I want greater outpouring, pouring out through me, not just upon me, but through me, God. And, and so many of these things are tied up scripturally with our offerings and our presenting ourselves to God and putting God first. Hezekiah, when he was restoring the temple, it says the people gave in heaps for four months and they had more than enough. Exodus chapter 35, where there was the tabernacle being built. And it says they stopped, they said, stop the offering. Stop that man. Grab the bucket away before he gets to it. Stop, they stopped the offering because it was way too much. 
Oh, for the day where the church of Jesus Christ around the world puts the kingdom of God in the position where there is way too much. Hello? Acts chapter 10, one man, Cornelius, he prayed and he gave. He prayed and he gave. He prayed and he gave. And an angel appeared and said, your giving and your prayer have come up in the presence of God. God cannot ignore it anymore. So he's gonna use you, Cornelius, to see the Gentiles come to Christ. Wow. So many accounts in the Bible and accounts that I know of. Most amazing things. I can remember I was standing in a, a conference and you've heard some of these before, but I've got so many that pull out just the overwhelming supernatural move of God. I was standing in a conference and God just said, give your suit and give your best to that. That was in the days when we used to wear suits and ties. And it was like, whoo. And um, God said, give your suit. I'd just been given a brand new suit. It was a birthday. It wasn't, that sounds terrible. It was a birthday suit. That's not what I meant to say. It was a birthday present of a suit from Sharon and she gave it to me. I'd only worn the thing once and I was in the conference and God said, give it to that steward on the door. And so next day I had it there at the conference. It was in the days of suits. And so I took it and I gave it to him. He was in tears. He'd been believing God. He, he didn't have a suit and he was believing God for one. And I gave it to him, perfect fit, the whole bit. And then that was on the Wednesday morning in the conference, God spoke to me about that. I got home from the conference at the weekend. It was a five-day conference. Got a phone call from somebody who'd never called me before. And, and he said, can I come round? That was on the Tuesday after. And he said, can I come round? I thought, yeah, well, people generally come round because they tell you that they're leaving. They've got something that they want to have prayer about. Or, or it's, you know, it, anyway. And I thought, yeah, okay, come round. Told him my address, came round. And he said, well, I was at a conference last week. And I said, yeah, I was at a conference. Same one, about 10,000 people there. And he said, God spoke to me on the Wednesday morning. And I went, yeah, God spoke to me. And now I knew what was going on, you see. And I said, yeah, God spoke to me on the Wednesday morning as well. And what God had said to me is, give that steward your suit and give him your best. Those words, give him a suit and give him your best. So I did. And he said, well, God spoke to me. I was in the conference and God said, give me a car and give him your best. And I said, oh. See, I know how God works. I know how God works. What you sow, you reap. And I said, is it here? And now we, we were in faith cars. Faith to get them going, faith to stop them. <laughs> faith to keep them on the road. Seriously, you know this. We gave away one of our cars, the person gave it back. <laughs> they said, True story. We were believing God for a new car. So we gave this car to somebody and they, well, thank you. And they came back a few days later and said, no, thank you and gave it back. True story. It was an Abraham deal. Give Julian Melfi a car and give him your best. And I went outside and it was just, it was dream. Electric everything. Car and heated bum and oh, you name it. I've never had a heated bum before. This was back in 95. Electric wing mirrors. An amazing, beautiful, beautiful car. Why? Because I know how this works. 
how we got this building. God speaking, but we sowed into other buildings. What you sow, you reap. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says this, Honour the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase and your barns are going to overflow. Be filled and your vats are going to overflow. So many times in the Bible, you see barns filled and vats overflow are determined by first fruits. Not by tithes and offerings, by first fruits. Honour the Lord with your substance, with your first fruits of all your increase. Now, that's, that's not a tithing verse. That's not an offering verse. That's a first fruits verse. And you're going to be filled and you're going to overflow. I think about Elijah and the, the brook dried up. You can read this in 1 Kings chapter 17. The brook dried up and God said, Arise and go to Zarephath. I've commanded a, a woman to to take care of you. Can I just say, there are people in your future that God has commanded for your abundance. There are people in your future who are commanded to be involved with your life. Commanded, the command of Almighty God. Wouldn't it have been tragic if Elijah had stayed at the brook and yet the command was over there? The command was there. The woman was living there. He just had to obey. And he got up from where he was. Perhaps for some of us, we got to get up this year. And we got to move into a way we've not moved before. We got to live in a way we've not lived before. We got to stop putting our faith in the brook and start putting our faith in the Word of God. We got to stop prioritising the golf or the car or the holidays or the whatever. I'm not saying to have, have them. You know, I'm a prosperity preacher. Dear God, I believe everybody should be rich. I've got no issue with that at all. Jesus died for your prosperity, but He did not die for you to seek your prosperity. Hello, are you with me? Seek first the kingdom and Elijah got up and he went over there and he sees this little old lady and she's got gathering a few sticks and he says, woman, and and they have this conversation and she just says, you know, I'm going to bake my last cake and then we're gonna die. And Elijah said, okay, that's your situation. First, give some to me. I mean, I'm glad he knew the voice of God. And she did. She went inside and she made the cake and she gave him. And that was it. No more flour, no more oil. Gone. And Elijah said, because you've honoured me first, you're going to be prospered all the way through this famine. And I don't know what's coming in the UK. No idea. I know there's a problem. There's a worldwide problem. But what I do know is this, the Kingdom of God is unshakable, that He is Jehovah Jireh, and that is not dependent on what's going on around. Arise and go to where God has commanded your blessing. And the bin of 
flour was not used up and the jar of oil never ran dry. Every time she took it off, it was full again. Isn't that amazing? Every time she took the lid off, get this. Every time she looked, there was more than enough. How did that happen? No idea. I have, I have an idea. It's because she honoured Elijah first. As we head into 2023, what is it that God needs to do that's absolutely impossible in your life? What is it? That's impossible. People, how many times let this never come out the mouth of a believer? Oh, you know what? We could never buy a house in Bromley. We could never buy a house in London. Never going to happen. Well, if that's where your faith is at, then that's what you're going to get. You need to hear God. God may want you to move different places. We need to be led in the Holy Ghost with this sort of stuff. Of course we do. But never put a cap on God. Never put the lid on. We, we quoted last week, they limited the Holy One of Israel because they didn't remember the power of His open hand. As we go into 2023, God has got the best planned for us. You're a believer. You're not a doubter. You are righteous in the eyes of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Let's seek first the kingdom of God as we go into this year. I hope you got something out of that today. It really wasn't what I was going to preach, but it was sort of a, a conglomeration of a lot of stuff. But how about we stand to our feet today and... Um, our God is the God of abundance. At our first fruits offering, when we come February the 5th, we're going to come in faith. Expectation. It could be that it's your prayer wall thing that you're coming for. It could be between now and then, because now you're thinking about it on purpose. It's not just, oh, I want to be more excited as a Christian. No, come on. What is this year going to produce for your life? And when you come up on the platform here, we'll talk about this, but when you come up on the platform and we say, what are you believing God for? It should come out like a roar. Credit cards cleared. New job. Not just, well, I don't know, we're sort of thinking about it, whatever. No, come prepared. Come expectant. Come in faith. Come on fire. And come ready to honour God in a year of 10 times greater. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today for this incredible season we're in, the Kairos of God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the God of an open heaven. You said if the first fruit is holy, everything is holy. And Lord, as your children, as your sons and daughters, Lord, we wanna declare everything holy. But that's not just a faith stand, Lord. It's because the first fruit is holy. So Father, we thank You for clarity in these next few weeks. Clarity on what is our part. 
What is our faith stand? What are we believing for? Lord, we wanna come to say thank You. Thank You for Your faithfulness and expectation of greatness. Barns filled and vats overflowing. We thank You, Lord God, that You're gonna show Yourself strong like never before. Opening doors which no one can shut. Lord, arranging things for Your glory in and through our lives. And we thank You, Lord God, that every gift is good seed sown into good ground. And Lord, there's the hundredfold return just on that. But we thank You, Lord God, that this is far more than that. This is barns filled and vats overflowing. And we thank You for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Can we give God some praise today? Hallelujah.